Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And it's Bonnie. And Aria. Aria, just moments before the show, I told you about something that I found this weekend. uh, The latest development in the world of artificial intelligence and... Once again, AI is changing the game. There were a lot of people who were saying that, uh, like a lot of people in the graphics world were saying, ah, Photoshop is is hurting, they're dead, they're going to die because you know, all these other competitors are coming up and there's all this other cool you know, like AI graphic stuff that we've talked about a lot, like Mid Journey and Dolly 2 and Stable Diffusion, all these uh, cool things that are out there that allow you to just generate. Isn't it imagery. amazing just how short sighted people are? Because yeah. like 20 years ago, these people were like, "Photography's dead. Right. Photoshop killed it. Photoshop turns into this cheap trawdry whore, and we hate it. It's terrible." They said the same thing about uh, radio. Uh, you know, video killed the radio star. Yeah. There's a song about that. And, and yet, radio persists. Radio's still there. Photography is doing just fine. Photoshop didn't kill it. And why wouldn't anybody consider or think that Photoshop would use AI technology to its advantage? I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's cool what came it, out. It, yeah, so it seems like they were keeping it to their chest, right? They didn't go out there and say, coming soon. They just released this new update to Photoshop maybe just a few days, like less than a week ago. And you have to pay, you know, I guess a lot of money to have Photoshop. I don't know what it costs, but there's like some sort of monthly fee. Last I looked into it, there's like a $600 flat fee, but that was like 10 years ago. I bet you there's like a, uh, maybe there is a flat fee price and maybe some people pay monthly. I don't know. But well, anyway. this was long before subscription models yeah, took over everything. That's so, probably yeah. it. So uh, anyway, if you are a subscriber to Photoshop, you have to go to the beta Photoshop beta option. I guess that's like a, an option for you. Oh, it's not fully officially released yet. Apparently not. Okay. And then you activate the beta, and then you have access to their new, what they call, generative fill tool. And now this allows you as a uh, an artist or someone who has absolutely zero talent as far as art is concerned, because that's the cool thing about AI artwork is you don't have to know how to do art. You just have to know how to type words. And you type words to tell these generative AI programs what you want to see on the screen. But now this art AI art technology has been integrated into Photoshop, which anybody that's been around, you know, the online world for the last 20 years knows that Photoshop is like the top dog as far as gen, uh, as far as editing imagery is concerned. Yeah, it's curious. Uh, I was never very good with Photoshop, but um in the early days of my transition, like right before I'd even started on hormones, I used Photoshop a lot. I would take pictures of myself and then I would do everything I could to to like feminize my appearance with mm. Photoshop. And I never got very good at it, but it was the only tool that was even capable of doing something like that. I mean, there were other like free tools, like sure. free word things, but they were nowhere near as powerful and nowhere near as capable now as Photoshop Facetune, was. And everyone can do it on their phone on with Facetune. But if you're good with Photoshop, you're better than the the Snapchat filters because there's a feminize me or masculinize me Snapchat filter, and, and those work pretty so, good. Snapchat's yeah, but, not as good as like um, just doing it on Facetune. Snapchat is like I don't or know. Facetune as well, right? That's if, what I'm talking about. Talking if you're about good Facetune. with Photoshop, you're better 
at editing pictures than any of those automatic processes. Sure, but if you're good with Photoshop, you're probably in the top 1% of like computer users. Snapchat right? is like, the automatic kind. Facetune is not. Like Facetune okay. does have like one that's just like, oh, turn me into a little boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it also is just like you can just sit there and tweak things all day. That's why like you always have to assume that a celebrity's body doesn't really look like that because they can literally just be like, hmm, I'm going to do this to my waist, like pull it in and pull my butt out. What's your name, caller? Uh, Mikey. Mikey. Oh, it is Mikey. Is this Mikey, Mikey the Snack Jew? Mikey from uh, the Porcupine yeah. Freedom Festival, <laughs> Fork Fest. Uh, you're one of the regular vendors at these uh, summertime camping festivals. Are you calling from New Hampshire tonight? Yes. All right. Welcome, sir. What's on your mind? Well, allegedly, I'm banned from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Dennis has not explained why, but Whoa. he did message me that I'm not welcome at the festival. That's so weird. I thought that you just weren't like telling us why yet, and you were going to tell us tonight. I, you don't even know why he was banning you? No, I I have no idea why. This is so weird. And you have not not even even a speculation as to why? I I have I have suggestions from third parties that he's made accusations but without corroboration from him i i don't want to say anything because i i have not heard anything from him was this anything that was taking place do you you think in any of the porcupine freedom festival chats because dennis also in whatever little trip he's on disconnected our matrix bridge from the telegram chats whoa so Mm -hmm. we have i'm not allowed i'm not legally allowed to use telegram so Mm -hmm. i have literally no way of using the porcupine freedom festival chats now and i Mm. I even emailed dennis about this like hey was this a mistake because you know i'm not the only one some of us no longer use telegram some of us like myself aren't legally allowed to use telegram and that it, it serves no purpose to disconnect this bridge, right? So weird. But he did. So I, I would. There's been arguments going on back and forth there about um, Maj Tour, 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 whatever his name the is, the Black Guns Matter activist. And then it moved on to Robert Kennedy and mm-hmm. the gun free zone. And uh, regardless of what happens, it would appear to me that this is the most controversial. Porcupine Freedom Festival I've ever seen from a from a point of view of the organizer making questionable decisions. Can he even just ban someone? I mean, when Ian got banned, it was like a whole board decision of the Free State Project, not just it's a good question. The person who was running Porkfest just deciding that. I That's don't. Not know. entirely clear. I did look at the terms and conditions of the ticket, and it claims that the producers can say someone's not welcome, mm-hmm. but. There are, as I understand it, two producers. The other one is Constance, who I have not had any issues with at all. Well, here's and another here's another technical question. If you're thing. if you're banned from Porkfest, does that actually ban you from the entirety of Rogers Campground? That is another good question they, because Pork- he did say uh, he did say uh, I will help you. You know, I'll help uh, get your deposit back from Rogers and. I have not been refunded for anything yet, so I don't. I don't. I don't know. Because there was you know, a time. Porkfest would say the answer is yes. I, I bet they would. But there was a time when the Porcupine Freedom Festival rented the entire park, and they had like total dibs on everything. So at that time, I would say that you would have been banned from the entire park. But then a few years ago, and they, I, I would agree with Aria. I would agree with Aria that that this is this is the most bizarre 
like power trip I've ever seen of organizers. It is and I've bizarre. Been going since 2014. It's well, bizarre because for one thing, he can't even answer anybody. Like he doesn't feel that he anyone needs an explanation. Like when I told him, like this man, Maj Torre, whatever, is literally threatening violence, and that's about the one thing that libertarians are not okay with. Why is he still allowed to come to Porkfest? And he was just like, you, you, you don't understand. He didn't really mean that. It, the the screenshot oh, I have. Negative and you're being negative and mean, and we can't have that at Dennis Fest. How did that whole thing with Maj re- resolve? Like the, he's still invited to Porkfest, still being paid to come speak at Porkfest for some reason. He's been explicit on Twitter calling well, no, for violence. Dennis doesn't believe that. He explicitly said, "If I'm at Porkfest, then Porkfest is my community." Keep that in context, he said, alluding directly. To his previous tweet about rolling up to stop drag queens in his community. To he assault said he was going people to who, assault yeah. anyone who was involved in a drag there queen. Was but no he's not banned. But Mikey, who's about never it. threatened violence against anyone, is. Have you, Mikey? Nope. One of our chatters, Jay, he says, The owner of Rogers will pretty much do anything that Porkfest requests them to do. They depend on the income to break even for the year. So he's suggesting that... Uh, a ban from Porkfest may indeed translate into a ban from Rogers, but that yeah, that's that's the way it's run now. I think is that if the organizers say this guy's got to be you know trespassed, then then Crosby will do that. But you but know, it's this, unnecessary. This is totally unprecedented. Yeah, well, no, it's not unprecedented. Than, um, I mean, they've they banned people before. They banned Ian, and they have Christopher well, yeah, Kentwell still banned. Before, but it was for you know there were more people like there are people who hate me who are defending me now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They, so I could see why they would like prevail, why they would drunk but, at campground. This is not like what Ian was accused of. Well, we don't and even know what that you're being accused either. of. I'm, I mean, it I'm seems not like, even I'm not even saying that you deserve that, but you know, this is this is no one's agreeing. There's with not them. a board going and voting. It just seems like it's just Dennis DMing you. So yeah, it's kind of it does seem well, a little Pork different. Well, Porkfest is his. That's his claim. Yeah. Which is obviously not true. He's just the organizer of this. He didn't put up his own money to do this. It's the Free State Project. They have a budget uh, for this. And I, I would, if I were you in this case, I would go ahead and, uh, you know, push the boundaries and see if, like, okay, fine, you've banned me from Porkfest, so I won't come to the pavilion and the, the the bowl area, which is where the official pork fest is. For the last few years... Well, that's the way the rational person views it. But Dennis right. was clear, I think, two years ago, mm-hmm. when he said that we were behaving like drunken teenagers, encouraging people to sneak in or whatever by suggesting that pork fest happened down at the bottom of the hill. Hmm. But it oh, did happen down at the bottom oh, I know. of the hill. <laughs> and that's the big change that they made a few years ago, which was the best thing they could possibly do. I mean, to take people back... Just four or five years ago, they, what was it? It must have been 20, was it 2019, I think, when there was, for years, there's been this area of Porkfest called Agora Valley, where it's like the the first few rows of the RV area. It's kind of close to the pavilion area. That's been the hot zone. That's where if you want to, you know, you want to sell the most hamburgers or whatever it is that you're going to be doing, your vendor booth you want to be in that area. That's, I think it was 2018. No, because I was there. It, I wasn't okay. there in 2018. And the year, I was there for the year that this happened, okay. where there was a migration of the vendors. They all agreed because the Porcupine Freedom Festival was becoming so controlling at that time. 
you know, for a freedom festival, it had become this place with all these rules and you had to pay extra just to get in the Agora Valley spots. And then there was all these vendor rules that came with it and it was just getting oppressive. And so the vendors expensive and complicated. And yeah, then a, so lot, a lot of people this. left, and for those of us who stayed, it was like there was no foot traffic anymore. Well, right. If you remember, the year of the final, the final year where this finally blew up, uh, there was essentially the vendors who were there regularly came together outside of Porkfest, and they said, we're going to set up our own vendor zone. It's going to be out of Agora Valley. That way we don't have to pay the extraction, essentially the Porkfest tax, uh, to be in that specific spot and they set up their own row uh like two rows of the rv uh site that was you know like maybe six or seven rows down so it was well out of the agora valley area so they weren't paying extra and then they just started putting up bandit signs to let everybody know i think they called it where it's at (laughs) and that's where literally everyone went there were maybe two or three vendors who didn't get the memo and had set up in the agora valley and it was like completely empty there was no one vending there anymore and it was the basically the market telling Porkfest, y'all effed up and we're just going to go take our marketplace over here in fact some of the vendors from that had messed up unknowingly and set up in agora valley they contacted the park and said we want to move out to where everybody else is yeah <laughs> so i can't moved, say i blame them yeah they moved their sites and it was after that year that Porkfest made the right move and they said you know what we're not going to rent the whole park anymore You've got like a little snack tent that you do. You do some cooking uh, on demand as well there. And uh, Mikey, you say you received a ban message. Someone, someone claiming to be the organizer of the Porcupine Freedom Festival messaged you and said that you were banned from the event, but yet you have yet to actually have a meaningful conversation with anyone about this ban, what the reasons for the ban were. And so we were just talking. Are you still with us there, Mikey? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. We were just talking about how the Porcupine Freedom Festival was sort of forced by the marketplace to do some decentralization. I believe it was 2019 when they made this uh, they made this decision, or actually it was 2019 when the uh, the vendors made the decision to protest the Porcupine Freedom Festival's vendor restrictions and vendor costs by just abandoning the vendor area entirely and just setting up their own. Were you a part of that? Do you remember when that? that happened i think it was 2018 that everyone abandoned i think i think what's his name um herschel i think was the one who did the where it's at thing mm-hmm. a few rows down and oh, wow. and some people moved there and then those of us who stayed in in agora valley not knowing this were hung out to dry and there was like no foot traffic right and so i think in 2019 is when they you know the market spoke and they they pulled back and and also the uh, what was the uh, vendor coordinator changed over, and the guy who was running it, Sean, uh, improved things a lot. So he made it a lot more. You know, he didn't want to deal with all the hassle and dealing with that stuff. So he just said, "I just want to know, you know, who's where, and you know, write it down. That's about it. No extra charges, nothing." Mikey, I've seen the and screenshot then, that you allegedly received from Dennis Pratt, right? And it says very clearly, "You are not welcome." Not you are not allowed. Now, look, and this mm. is an important distinction because I'm not welcome at mm-hmm. the Republican convention here in New Hampshire, <laughs> but I'm absolutely, I'm being serious, but I'm absolutely yeah. allowed to go. That's true. I'm not welcome there. They don't want me there, but they, they, they have had not to allow banned you me. In there. Yeah. And yeah. this message 
does not say you are not allowed. It just says you're not welcome. Right. And then but he, it does say that he'll refund your ticket. So I think that, well, I mean, it is different. just implied. The ticket right, is different but. from the amount you pay to the campground to actually have the spot. The ticket from he Pork didn't say Fest ticket. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to say ticket. He said, we'll work with Rogers to refund you. Your deposit. Your deposit. Well, maybe you don't need that kind of help. Maybe uh, you don't want to work with uh, them to work with Rogers. Maybe Rogers wants you to be there. Who knows? Well, I mean, if he were if he were willing to work with me, he could reach out to me in the first place to work with me and, you know, head this off in the first place. Yeah, that's I mean, strange. Even the, the, the accusations that I that he made in that I alluded to earlier, I actually just remembered that I submitted a hub like a month ago, April 28th or 29th for the Jewish libertarians thing. And he refused to post. I noticed he refused to put on the map or the list. And Mm. then my Jewish events were not put on the uh, schedule. My tours that I've done the past few years were originally on the schedule and he has since removed them. Weird. So it was a whole month ago that he refused to put them on the map? Yeah, so even though he's making these claims that something I allegedly did, which I absolutely deny, uh, he was preventing me from interacting with Porkfest even that, uh, earlier than that. Mm-hmm. So what he's claiming now is not possible. Breaking, really. does Dennis Pratt hate Jewish people? Me. Oh, I don't know about that. But uh, This all does seem very <laughs> petty and childish. It seems though. like a personality I mean, conflict uh, that you know maybe you got on his, his bad but side. But Mikey's like a mainstay at Porkfest. He was one of the first people I met at mm-hmm. the Porcupine Freedom Festival. He's been there vending every single year that I've gone. And it's... Yeah, I remember, it, I remember when Will, Will Coley brought you and I, I, to be honest, I didn't care for you at first, but I consider you one of my closest friends now. I appreciate that. And I'm accustomed to that. You know, people are like, I don't know about this person. Mm. And, you know, I win them over. And it, wasn't even, it wasn't even the way you presented you. It wasn't even your, you know, gender thing. It was, you just, I think you were just really hopped up on stuff and, and it just was, Allegedly. that was grating. You know, I'm, <laughs> I, I was on a lot I, I don't, of I don't, monster. I, mean, I, don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to tell that stuff, yeah. but. Just kidding. Well, it's always awkward your first year into any new group. And whenever you come into a, whether it's a convention or it's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, you're the new guy or the new gal or whatever, and you get introduced to people or you meet some people, but it's not the same as coming back for the next year when then you know, then it's like, oh, hey, here's people I know. I feel comfortable and now I'm meeting more new people and because the people that I've met last year are now introducing me to new people. So it's always awkward that that first year out. I mean, I remember when I I think the first time I met you, Aria, was we were dancing at uh, the the party tent or whatever during one of the the raves that was going on. I don't know if I I don't know if I even met you at that time. Just we were in the same tent uh, together. But, um, you know, you weren't the most outgoing, I don't think, person at that, at that no, time. No, I'm pretty shy, especially yeah. around new people. Well, right. Aria hates electronic music. Steven is in northwest Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Steven. Hey, so um, I've looked at, like, coming up to New Hampshire before, like, moving there. I've looked at, you know, coming to the festivals and seeing how things interact. But so I'm confused now. Who runs, like, is there an organization that runs the Porcupine Freedom Festival? Uh, Yes, that would be the Free State Project. Okay, so the Free State Project, so the people that are telling, that are publishing these YouTube videos of the 100 reasons to move to New Hampshire and calling themselves the most libertarian group on planet Earth, I think, at one point, 
That's cringy. I didn't know they called themselves that, but sure. I mean, I think they did the 101 Reasons thing or the 100 Reasons. I think that was them. But yes, it is the Free State Project that runs the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So those people are now saying that some people can be enacted with violence? I'm sorry, what was the question? It was a strangely formatted question. Uh, You're referring to the Maj Tour controversy. Maj Tour is a... A uh, self-proclaimed libertarian, although I don't think he would qualify at all. He's a gun rights most, activist, right? Yeah, even by the most expansive definition of libertarian. I mean, he's a he's good on guns, and it seems like that's about it. Um, he apparently supports reparations, which is not a particularly libertarian thing unless it's done voluntary, uh, voluntarily. And he's just he's not very libertarian on a lot of things, including he doesn't understand the non-aggression principle. Because he believes that it's totally fine uh, for him to come in and physically attack someone, to, quote, assault someone, uh, if they are doing something that he doesn't agree with. In this particular case, it was reading books to children while wearing drag. And it's completely crazy. That That is a completely crazy perspective. But I posted something recently on Twitter that got, like, 1400 retweets or something like that and a lot of comments and what i learned from mm-hmm. the comments is that conservatives all make exactly the same talking point about this trans thing is that mutilating children's genital and that's it they don't even know the very basics of what this discussion is about because it's not about mutilating children's genitals that's never been the part of the conversation well, they also he like to, to yell grooming but yep. they and and when you argue with them that's what they call you that's their go-to response for everything which completely makes it meaningless like, but it's the same thing that he's doing here with it we saw conan doing here back on when he was still on the show they they don't even know what a drag queen is nope. exactly he tried to make it worse than it is in later comments so that way he could justify his stance he said listen if you're reading sexual material to children then i'm gonna assault you because i'm protecting the children but for one thing it's still a non-aggression principle um, violation because of the fact that if a kid, if a parent wants to consent to their kids taking a sexual education class from a drag queen, that's none of your business. It, even if they're like five, it, it's none what... of your business. Some people, parents just talk openly about sex. When I was yeah. a kid, my parents did not. But there some of my friends' families. parents yeah. would just talk about sex right in front of us and stuff. And like they knew what periods were. And I was just like, completely shocked by that but they weren't groomers they just had different philosophies on that stuff they than have my parents. different values on when it's okay to talk to their kids about something that every human being for the most part is interested in learning at some point in their lives and i know it makes conservatives very very upset to think about you know their their, their children ultimately having sex or whatever they the subject entirely upsets them but look i need everyone out there and understand that when you teach people proper sex education Teen pregnancy rates go down. STD Mm -hmm. rates go down. Sexual assault rates go down. There is no downside for a robust sex education. So we were talking about Photoshop and the new generative fill that they have, this new feature that basically just makes editing photos so easy. You can just delete things simply by clicking on them in the photo, it seems like. You can just change the thing. So there was a demo that one guy gave where it was an image of like some guy with his back to the camera, sort of far away from the camera, standing in front of an amazing view of some mountains and a lake, right? Okay. And you just clicked on the dude, 
the Photoshop automatically detected the subject, which is the guy in the photograph. And then you could just delete the guy, which he did. Or and, and it just generates what would it would imagine would be behind him. Correct. It's not just, just like a hole. It in. Yeah, it just fills it right in. You couldn't tell he was ever there. Or you could tell it to change what's in the, the subject. So you could say, he said, like, put a woman in a red dress here. Okay, now there's a woman in a red dress instead of a guy in, like, a hiking outfit or whatever it was. That's crazy. Yeah. I love it. But yeah. Man, that's crazy. I, I, I want this technology to be more widely available photoshop give it give this to me for i know free. Yeah, I, watching the videos even was showing last night i was like this looks so fun but there's no way i'm gonna buy photoshop no. for this it yeah. would be such a waste of time but for me aria at freetalklive.com you can send me your photoshop key photoshop by the way and i will <laughs> i will promote photoshop one time <laughs> so those are i mean I, I just telling you what they can do with it is it's hard to really you know, describe it the is power amazing of this. though. I, I just very quickly went to Twitter and I think I looked up yeah. Photoshop AI or something like that that you told me to yeah, look at. And that, yeah. it's absolutely incredible what these people can do. One well, thing is, you don't even have to like um, with Photoshop before. If you wanted to like fill something, you'd have to really carefully with your mouse, which is way harder than right. a tablet, uh, trace something. With this, you just have to get the general area of like the sky in the picture of the mountains, yep. and just put like sunset instead of midday. So I want a sunset sky instead yep. of midday, boom. and it's just boom. It, it replaces it. It doesn't need and, you to trace the thing perfectly. And it gives you three different options too. So it doesn't just give you one replacement you say oh replace this sky with a completely blue sky with the sun in it or whatever and it'll do one version but then you can click on a thing and you get out a second option and a third option oh like mid journey does yeah and then of course like you know if you don't like any of those three you just hit the button again and it'll give you three more and then hit the button again or start typing words and you can have it do things you can have it add things into photos as well so in the the adobe demo they show up like a bicyclist an image of a bicyclist on a on a cracked road and they show the guy the art the photoshop guy just circling the cracks in the road and deleting them uh and then just adding uh like circling part of the road and then typing yellow lines and then yellow lines appeared on the road that weren't the, there before. But they look like traffic. Yellow. So when yeah. he said the words yellow lines. I don't know if it was exactly yellow okay. lines, but maybe like yellow lines on a road or, or okay. something like that. But boom, there they were as though they'd been there uh, the whole time. And then he wanted to make the photograph wider. So he increased the canvas and then he hit generate and then it just made it look like the photo was wider. You could see more of the mountains in the background and you know they never existed. They're not actually there per se, but they certainly don't look like that in real life. But you don't know. And that's the whole point of this is like. You're never going to know if what you're looking at online. I mean, even bef- before this, you still didn't really know because somebody with the with the skills, with the Photoshop skills, could do a pretty good job, and you wouldn't ever know it. Yeah, but those skills but, were rare, right? So the odds that the photograph that you're looking at came from one of those people was very low. Yes. Now, any dummy who can point and click is going to be able to to create dummy. very persuasive looking. Uh, graphics and edit photos that you know make it, it look real. It can make it look like you were anywhere. Can, if you wanna, you won't be able to know who was and wasn't on Epstein's island now because right. you can just take a picture of anyone. Aria Dmezzo. Sure, you can put your grandma on Epstein's put, island. Put them in Epstein's yeah. island and be like, this is proof she was there. Obviously, yeah. there's people that can figure out things that are fake. Photographic proof is over. Yeah. Okay. At this point. <laughs> It's over. Because the thing is, it can completely generate... Like, if you wanted to just say Arya went to, to 
like some other country and you were lying and you just take Aria and then post a picture of her with the, just tell it, all right, make a background of like Russian temples yeah, or whatever. She is in Iran. Yeah, whatever. You know, I don't know. Violating I said sanctions. They have a free trial of this version of Photoshop, by the I'm way. I'm kidding. Yep. We bring Tim back on the line in Florida. Tim, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, this isn't exactly what I called about, uh, but I was listening to the news bump on the ad break and uh, uh, this U- Uganda thing. Isn't it interesting the way that... What was the Uganda rapping, thing? I'm sorry, I, I didn't hear it. Uh, some new law that was passed, uh, basically the death penalty for everything from homosexuality oh, to geez. transsexualism to sex with a minor. And yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That, Uganda uh, some, yeah. has uh, historically been very unfriendly to gay people. and so This would, is the place with the politician who stood there at like some council meeting and was like, they eat the poo-poo or oh, whatever. God. This is that guy. Mm. I mean, this is that country. So... But isn't it interesting how they just kind of wrap it all together like it's all the same thing? Yeah. Well, that's what somebody who doesn't want to think uh, would do. And there's certainly plenty of conservatives in this country who I'm sure are cheering on Uganda uh, in this case. They they love it when Putin does the same kind of crap in Russia. And they, they, they love seeing tyranny in their name all around the world. Like when that uh, the dictator in El Salvador was rounding up thousands of people with no trial with nothing beyond just a simple accusation that, oh, these people are involved in gang activities, so we're just going to put them away in this gang prison over here for the rest of their lives. And the conservatives, some of the conservatives in the U.S. were like, yeah, that's how we it need should that be kind done. Of, yeah, we need that kind of leadership in our country. Yeah, it's gross. sad how rare empathy has become. Like I mentioned the thing I posted on Twitter recently that got a lot of comments, and one of the one of the common threads is like, well, why do you care about you know kids so much? Like, because... I was a I was a kid once, right? Mm-hmm. And I know how much that sucks to be a trans kid or a gay kid or whatever and not being allowed to express that because your parents are homophobic or transphobic or whatever. And I had this thing called empathy that causes me to want to see less suffering in the world. Whereas conservatives or these anti these bigots of whatever flavor, they don't seem to just lack empathy. They're outright malicious. They don't want to see less suffering. They want to see more suffering. Yeah, there's a specific, I don't want to say branch, they don't have a name, but there's a clear to me uh, division among libertarians in the ones that just want to make things okay for themselves and the ones who actually want to change things in the world, at least help people see what's going on so that they can change their own lives. It's something I want to go and change people's lives forcefully like if people don't want freedom give them freedom and that's always what their their comeback is it's like well most people don't want freedom i'm not trying to force them to be free that doesn't make any sense you just educate people you tell show them what's going on oh did you only did you know that only like six media companies run all the media and they're just you know giving you propaganda to listen to you and they want you to think a certain way things like that people are capable of realizing those things if they're taught enough um, and then there's another faction of libertarians who are like, I don't care. I just want to go out into the woods. I just want to do me and be left alone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But not caring about human beings, I think, is a psychological problem. Mm. Yeah. It's psychopathy, isn't it? And I'm not saying that I the people so, who want yeah. to be left alone out there in the woods are necessarily psychopaths, right? But it's psychopaths have no empathy, <laughs> And not caring is a little different from having no empathy, but not much right. different. Well, I definitely want to be clear that I don't think those types of libertarians are psychopaths. Yeah. But I, I would agree that we should 
ideally be motivated by a desire to help other people and to make the world a better place for Um, everyone. Just looking at the AP report here on this Uganda situation, it points out here that uh, LGBTQ rights campaigners say this new legislation, which specifies, uh, I guess, some new so-called crimes, including, quote, attempted aggravated homosexuality good lord what is that i have to know <laughs> attempted it's when the white house changes the colors rainbow on on it no in this case they say it's a death penalty for aggravated homosexuality which is defined as cases of sexual relations involving people infected with hiv as well as with minors or other categories of vulnerable people so that gets you a death penalty uh, whereas attempted aggravated homosexuality, which I guess would be attempting to do that but not actually doing it, uh, would be an imprisonment of up to 14 years. The campaigners for LGBTQ say the legislation's unnecessary in a country where homosexuality has long been illegal. So it's already, as that's what we'd heard previously, been illegal under a colonial era law that criminalizes sexual activity, quote, against the order of nature, unquote. The punishment well. for that offense is life imprisonment. So I'm wow. not sure why they needed to add anything here about 14 years or whatever. I mean, that, that sounds like it might be a liberalization in that particular case. I think but. it's the death penalty part that makes it, like, new. I think that's the yeah. newsworthy thing. Yeah. I was making a joke, though, because uh, the Federalist.com came out with an article that said Pride Month is a cynical exercise in state-enforced homosexuality. Who, said, who, who did this? The did Federalist. Uh, okay, they're kind of right-wing, aren't they? Clearly. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy, so I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. 86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Oh, yes. I I got put on so fast. Oh, I just want to say that I today I went on to the, the zero, what is it, um, uh, zero um, on, on the website. It's, uh, it's supposed to be. This conversation um, <laughs> is going well, Sarah. Zero hedge. Well, it's a. Uh, you went on the uh, website, uh, like um, wanting to zero have zero pedestrians. We even have a, a separate city website what? for it. Zero pedestrians. Yeah, but, what does oh, that let even me mean? see what I can find. Zero. Yeah. Zero uh, pedestrians. Division zero. Supposedly, we want to what? have zero pedestrian and bicycle fatality. Oh, okay. is zero Mexican slang? I mean, not new Mexican slang. Excuse me for like crack she finally said the rest of the sentence they want to have zero fatalities oh, okay so she went yeah, on that the, she went the on the face tweet actually it's kind of started in uh sweden or something in the nordic countries that's why they call it that i that's mean why they call I it what the vision zero I vision mean, zero okay yeah i just found it as she was started to say because she didn't say vision zero at no, any she other did point not. She, until she just said now. it at one point yeah oh. did she well, I didn't, I didn't hear it. Hear it. Um, it says, what is an acceptable number of traffic deaths for my family? Zero. Vision Zero is a data-driven, safe systems approach to create, to create safer streets for all, whether walking, biking, driving, or taking transit, and regardless of age or ability. 
Sarah's like she, she's like this close to discovering like discussion boards and Reddit and stuff. Mm. Sarah, there are like forums and stuff on, out there on the internet that are filled with people just like you who just want to post and rant all day long about traffic fatalities and pedestrians and stuff. Go join some of these. On, I'm I, I'm sure you can find it r slash uh, pedestrians oh, yeah. or whatever. Join one of these communities no, no, uh, uh, and just talk to these no, people no. all day every day like you want to do. Right? I'm, I'm a little confused though. Yeah. Like, what exactly is it? What is a safe systems approach to create safer streets for all? Like, is it going to be signs on the side of the road telling well, people which s- way to go? I scrolled down the page here. You're at uh, City of Albuquerque's website. Yep. Is that right? C-A-B- so they've got some images here yeah. showing their up. vision. Uh, they want signs on the side of the road like "Slow down, Albuquerque." Speed limit twenty miles an hour. Like just bandit signs in people's front yards. But they already have uh, signs. They want yeah, more they have signs. Speed limit signs. Oh, they, want, they want you to put signs out in your front yard. They're not at the proper people. sign to roadway ratio or whatever. They just want more signs. Well, they to, they should all. investigate Las Vegas because the the way that they have these strips set up in Vegas it it forces traffic to drive slowly. It's a nightmare to drive down, but mm-hmm. there are bridges constantly you can constantly cross the street without having to actually walk into the that's streets. true yeah mm-hmm. and th- the overpasses or whatever that's the way this should all be designed right it should be designed that you can cross the street without literally walking where the death machine is well, i gotta agree with sarah on that nope nope they don't want to do it that way they want to put people in jail easier they have um, on this website says safe speeds, automated speed enforcement. Oh, you know Sarah loving yeah. this. Go yep. ahead, Sarah. <laughs> well, you know that thing that the director, you could only email them. They only want to respond by email because mm-hmm. people that oppose the cameras or the vandalizing the camera, they don't want to hear from them in person. They'll hear from you uh, in email. That's about the only way to So have you figured out how to send an email yet? Well, what we tried today on our tablet, but I think we did something wrong. So we'll get around how to send it out on email. We All right. Kind of Is this giving around. you some kind of like flashbacks to when you're an IT helper over the phone? <laughs> <laughs> we got Greg in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Greg. Hey, hey. I want to second everything that was just said, and uh, I'm applying it to the online world. They need to what? educate themselves. Applying the understanding that we, we need to educate people. We can't force them uh, to, to, you know, to things, but uh, people need to understand that if uh, they don't have software that they can deploy themselves for themselves or for their communities, mm-hmm. that they're going to live in a world that's dominated by Meta, you know, yep. used to be called Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Microsoft, and all the other, they're the analog for me of the state online. It's just very convenient to live in a walled garden, have all your friends in that walled garden, and hey, anywhere you go, you don't have to log in. It's right there. All your friends might be there. And uh, Well, we've seen what's trying- happening as a result of that is these people stay in the walled garden. They stay on Facebook. They barely ever leave it. They stay on Twitter. Twitter doesn't want you to leave Twitter. If you put links in, we learned when Elon Musk open sourced the Twitter algorithm that if you put a link into a site that's off Twitter that isn't a news site, that you will be uh, downranked. Yeah, you'll be downranked. Basically, you won't. You're. I thought they had undid that. Did they not? 
I hadn't heard about that. Okay. They released the code, so you so people who know how to code could go and figure out. Oh, this helps you. This hurts you. Putting in links to things that weren't Twitter or official news sites actually hurt your post. Putting in a photo helped your post. Uh, getting likes on your post actually helped more than comments, which seemed counterintuitive, but uh, that's what it was. You but- get like you get like a certain. Uh, bonus right so if these certain things happen i agree with greg that um we shouldn't be forcing people into our way of things but i think if people have knowledge anyway knowledge doesn't belong to anyone and if you have knowledge i think you somewhat have a duty to spread it and if you have knowledge like of what things are going to cause more freedom and what things are going to cause our entire planet to be in more control until we turn into hell on earth i think you have a duty to spread that you absolutely um, should uh, do that, and uh, you definitely can improve liberty. But the thing is, um, and this is, you know, this is my pet uh, issue, but if you apply the same reasoning that libertarians apply to the state, then you will realize that you need to exit the system and have your own software. The problem is that these corporations will never give you the software. Uh, you'll have to make it yourself. You'll have to join with like-minded individuals, just like the Free State Project, for example, and create your own thing. Well, now, and, to be fair, I believe, Arya, you had some show prep tonight that actually Meta is apparently open sourcing whatever their AI project is. That's correct. And I, I was going to bring up that counterpoint as well. Yeah, which is an unusual thing to see out of a big tech company. And maybe we don't know all the details. Maybe that's just how much they want people plugged into the VR world. Well, apparently their well, VR well, efforts have real. gone nowhere. Oh. What's that, Greg? First, let's be real. First oh, of all, Meta had it leaked. Uh, mm. I was going to work with um, universities. Remember I told you all about the Bloom model? That was university model that was available last year, uh, open source. And Meta created Llama. And Llama was also supposed to be just for researchers. But then it was leaked. Right. And that's how we got this explosion of open source. So now, of course... Um, Mark Zuckerberg comes out and says, well, we're not going to charge because we're not an infrastructure company. We're a social media company, so we're just going to give it away. And they claim the mantle of the open AI from the other company that was called open AI. But, of course, the profit motive got, you know, corrupts everybody in this mm. case. So, so you're AI, saying I don't that care what their motive is for doing the right thing as long as they do the right thing. So, but you're saying the only reason they're opening up their source is because somebody leaked it in the first place. And so now they're just like, all right, well. Well, they could, just, they, they could just co- release a new version that that, that, they, that, was that wouldn't be leaked, True. right? I mean, it's great PR, but this is the same company that spied on your audio, on your video, used your camera when you weren't looking, mm-hmm. and every other way that they could possibly vacuum up your data. Oh, yeah, they're terrible. To to yeah. Yep. So I'm not exactly very, yeah, thanks for opening, sourcing the weights that were leaked. I want to have my own New Hampshire megacity where there's karaoke bars and things like that, <laughs> and you, there would just be no welfare. That's the thing. I think that cities would be totally fine if there was no welfare allowed. Like, if we didn't have, uh, it was all owned like by businesses or boards instead of, you know, there wasn't a corporation calling itself the city of Bonneville, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, then we wouldn't have to have welfare for people homeless people on the side of the road not that i'm not trying to be so anti-homeless people i know it's like a really sore subject right now with the internet like that's like a big subject right now people are like we need to basically like kill homeless people for sport 
I, I well, don't know if you guys have seen a lot of that. Uh, but that's <laughs> I, I saw someone make that. I, I know what you mean. I, I saw somebody make the point that Republicans consider everyone to the left of killing homeless for yep. sport. And I, I've seen that phrase used here and there, but I, I don't know what was the catalyst of it or why it came about. Uh, I don't really know what started it either, but I've been seeing it a lot recently and like around the same time that there's been this whole uh, talk of like the subways in New York being really dangerous. People are talking about like just homeless, crazy people just like congregating in cities. Well, that wouldn't really be a problem if we didn't allow welfare in our towns. Well, I mean, homeless is an interesting discussion to have because on one hand, they are definitely an eyesore. You know, if you're a business owner, you don't want to have some bum uh, standing out in front of your front door trying to panhandle people, right? That's a real, right. uh, you know, negative if you're you're just trying to go shopping and some guy's hitting you up for his drug money. And so I, I get the reason why people don't want to have homeless people around. On the other hand, I, I also believe in compassion and, and, you know, helping people that need help. It's one of the reasons why I contribute to the local privately run homeless shelter here in Keene. But it would be interesting to see how an actual free market where there were no public properties, because that's where the homeless people tend to coalesce around, right? I want a place that would actually show the difference between the people who want to hand up and want to hand out. Like, if there was no handouts, but Mm -hmm. you could easily go someplace if you genuinely needed help and find help to get on with your life and move up in this world, then the people who didn't want that and just wanted to be homeless on the side street and have, uh, you know, a little bit of money for drugs and food that day, well, they would leave. You know, they'd be like, I can't get what I want out of here. Especially if you actually had all private property. And that's the thing that libertarians advocate for is not having government property, so-called public property. Now, keep in mind, 7-Eleven is open to the public, but it's still a private store. So if they decide they don't want you there, they can say, you got to leave. But we probably and, would have some businesses, I think, that were offering places for homeless people to camp out. Sure. Like the, um, was it Hannaford's here in Keene that, mm-hmm. that did that? They allowed their wooded area behind them to be used by the... It was the property the, owner, actually, yeah. of, the, of that shopping center. And I, we, we could have that in a free... I don't want to say free private city because I'm not Mark Edge, yeah. but we could have one of those in one of these cities that didn't have a government. In a city in which private property rights were actually respected, wherein if somebody wants to have homeless people on their property, fine, let them have the homeless people there. If, if you don't the like homeless, it, don't shop there. Right. And if the homeless people want to build a shanty uh, in the woods that's you know completely a fire hazard, then, then let them do that. You but, don't need to have the government regulators come out there and force them to not have a shanty because it's not up to code. That actually happened yep. here in Keene on the very property that you're talking about. Well, that's ridiculous. If the property owners are allowing it, it should be allowed. That's exactly the point I was going to make. If they build a shanty and they live in a shanty, mm-hmm. then they're no longer homeless, are <laughs> right. they? I mean, I mean, we laugh. Yeah, and it's silly, to th- but that's... Li- that's they have four walls and a roof over their heads. They are literally no longer homeless. What's the difference that they don't have electricity? Amish don't have electricity, but some Amish don't have electricity. But wouldn't say that they're homeless. Yep. And so they have a property owner who's like, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you build a house on my property, and their house just happened to be a shanty. What's the problem? Yeah. Again, it's the risk is to the people who are living in the shanty, and if they're willing to take that risk, then then that's fine. Uh, it'll keep them warm during the wintertime. If it catches fire, well, that's you know, that's one of the risks that you take living in At least it'll be easy to person. escape. I mean, it's just a shanty, right? Just kick the wall over. <laughs> right. Uh, so, you know, I, I, don't, I definitely do not want to live in a place like a Portland or a Seattle 
where you literally have crazy levels of homeless people just living on the downtown streets with tents, you know, tent city, drug city or whatever, just open heroin injecting. I mean, the videos that you can see online of these places are absolutely crazy. I've never seen any, but it sounds horrifying. To say nothing of the malevolent architecture, right, of the the park benches that aren't enough for someone to sleep on and stuff like that. It's like, look, I understand you don't want homeless people there, but you don't have to be evil. Even if they're not panhandling or asking for money outside of your business, right? Like, no one wants to walk past a homeless person, right? It, there, there's no way to do that without feeling bad for them, unless you just don't feel bad for other people. But I've never mm-hmm. walked past a homeless person that I didn't want to feel bad that I didn't feel bad about, and I would rather not have to think about that homeless person. I know what that says about me, but we, it's the, it's the same for everyone, right? They, we know that there are homeless people, but that doesn't mean we want to walk past them to get into Walmart or the grocery store or whatever, because we don't need it thrown in our face, that amount of human suffering. I think there's just a huge difference between people who are just like, listen, I really need help, and people who are sometimes posing as that. That's like even more terrible to me. I hate people who are posing as someone who really needs help, and really they're just a drug addict, mm-hmm. uh, you know, person who doesn't mind having a low quality of life or right. having no dignity. Yeah, like, some people just like that. Yep. I mean, they're, uh, in Salt Lake City, there's the uh, Salt Lake City Temple, and now they don't let anyone... No, I don't know if that's true, but I, I thought I had heard that they don't let anyone do this anymore, but a guy that I used to work with, he used to work at the Salt Lake City Temple doing some, I don't know, like maintenance or something, because he was a maintenance guy at my hotel. I think it was something like that. And he knew for a fact that these two guys that would panhandle right outside just to where the Salt Lake City Temple couldn't tell them to leave, right. uh, they would, every night they would go home in like their parked Mercedes and drive home. I mean, they're up as here in Keene. That's a terrible yeah. kind of person. But then there's also like the people who are posing as someone who just needs help. Like their sign will say something like, I'm a single mom and I just need to get food for my kid. But really, they just want to go buy crack cocaine or yeah, whatever. Sure. I have a lot more respect for the homeless people, I, and I, I don't know how they live this way, but some of them just want to be homeless. I, I they think do. Of, some do. I think of like Will Coley, who used to be on the show, his sister, he mentioned that she was one of these people who she just preferred being homeless. I couldn't yeah. live that way, but there's nothing wrong with that if that's the if kind that's of life that person wants to live. And if people want to give her money, to, because obviously she's going to need money in the, in the uh, world we live in to survive, then they want to and stuff. But it's another thing to just be like, well, it's public property. I can stand here if I want. I just don't think there should be public property nope. where there's people who just choose to not work and pay for their own uh living to just be standing there and we all have to deal with them i think you would see in a city that actually had all private property you would likely see homeless people pushed to the periphery uh which is you know where they belong or the ones that actually need help would get help well right if you're not obviously homeless right if if you're a homeless person but you're looking for help then you can walk to the place that is going to provide you with the help whatever the center is or the voluntary organization is that provides that and no one's going to question you but if you're standing like you said smoking cigarette after cigarette you know doing some heroin out out in the open lay, you know, laying down against the bricks on the side of the building for hours then somebody's going to figure out that you don't belong there right so like there's the person who has some direction in their life and then there's the person who's a total loser and they're hitting people up for money or whatever they're doing they don't belong there those people are going to get moved along go ahead major hey guys yeah this country has a long and sordid history of making hobos not only you know be, being unkind to them 
but all through history, ever since they laid railroad tracks, there's been a hobo camp somewhere outside of town, you know, usually by the dump, so it's convenient for them to scrounge whatever they need. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were just, you know, shunned from society, basically like a little bastard leopard society or something. Yeah, but, uh, it's sad, man. I don't know how to fix this sort of thing, but you're right. There. And and I do it too. We all have a different way of looking at homeless people that they're othered, and I I don't know how to even begin to fix that. Even well, everybody's if I fix got it their own me. story, you know. Like some people are homeless because they are in a they had a bad run of luck and they couldn't pay their bills, but they want to get back on their feet quickly. Other people are like you said, uh, like Will's sister, who they just like living without a house, and that's a totally different type of homeless person. And, and then there's the, the drug day. addicts, right? That just are total losers and they have no money because they spend it all on drugs. And back in the day, I don't know how far back Major Paint's talking about, but. There wasn't any such thing as, like, taking care of your mental health. So there's probably a lot of people that were just crazy, crazy yep. that just That's another category. can take care of themselves. I mean, I I know plenty of people that, not plenty of people, I can think of one person that is just crazy and letting their craziness uh, overtake their life to where they just are mm. like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to work or anything. But luckily she has a boyfriend that she lives with. I don't know what's going to happen to her if one day he gets tired of, of her S. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a new twist in this river. I think it was Obama shut down all the insane asylums, put them all on the streets. Great. They decided they they shouldn't pay for them, but we should, we all should, even though we all had been the whole time. Yeah, I don't well, know. I don't know. Those could be bad too. I don't know what to do about people who are just like crazy, right? Like it's really hard. Yeah. What. Well, the the libertarianism thing, the does is, not apply. Not. The non-aggression. This is one of the failures of the non-aggression principle. We've talked about this before. You know, it's a pretty good principle, and across the board, it pretty much works. But when it comes to someone who does not care about their own safety or the safety of others, uh, then something has to be done about a person who's going to possibly. Why harm- would that not apply? Why would the that mean the nap isn't applying. The nap is applying because you're stopping them from harming others. But the problem comes in when they're trying to harm themselves. themselves and if it's somebody that you care about, you know, if somebody you you care about is going and spiraling down into, you know, some sort of insanity or whatever, and you love them and you don't want them to, like, kill themselves or something, then you may have to use aggression against them to restrain them from killing themselves. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's something that has happened. I've been involved in uh, situations where some, this one guy across the street was, was completely crazy because he had not slept. And I was also crazy because of, not at the same time. But, but would you I call it a nap slept. violation if a really drunk person was going to walk off a cliff or a really drunk person was going to light themselves on fire because they were so drunk they didn't realize what they were doing and then you stopped them? Yes, but there's a difference between someone who's like imminently going to harm themselves and someone who's like just crazy and they have the potential to harm themselves or harm someone else. There is a difference there, yeah. Yeah, but the person you were talking about was imminently going to harm himself. So you stopped He could him. have. I mean, the, oh. guy, the guy that we stopped... Was absolutely going crazy. And he had he a gun. He wasn't threatening anyone. He hadn't gotten to that point. There was no reason to believe he necessarily would. But he had a gun on his hip at the time. So a person who's going crazy because he hasn't slept I, in a couple of days and has a gun on his hip. I think that 
that constitutes constitutes the ability to take the gun away from him because he could you, hurt but someone that is else. An aggress- that is an aggressive move. It's because a, he aggressive. Could do it's defensive. It absolutely is. It's no, defensive. It is yes, that's it is. like saying a pre uh, preemptive strike against another country is defensive. No, it's not because a pre uh, another country isn't necessarily haven't slept in two days and but the, that the won't guy know that's what got they're the, doing. The guy that's got his hand over the the you know the big red button is a psychopath and he doesn't care about other people's lives and he might just launch a nuke. We might as well with that therefore. We've justified now bombing his country to, to smithereens before no, he can No, because that's us. other people that aren't him. It absolutely justifies killing him. You think it doesn't justify just killing a, a politician if they're threatening to kill you? I think it's no, justified. No, no, no. We're not talking about someone who's threatening to kill anybody here. Remember, we're talking about someone who has not made any threats whatsoever, but we know they're crazy and they have a, a weapon in their, in their possession. I am saying that I think it's defensive to before it happens because they aren't in their right mind. To take Neither that, is the, and we don't know they'll hurt anyone. You don't know that they will, but are you going to just wait for it to happen? They're, it may not. They're happen. crazy. In which case, you just disarmed them without calls. Yeah, and they're they're it's like a super drunk person that can't be um, accountable for their own actions. I understand your point, but you're not. What you're talking about is defending an aggressive act, which is to say using aggression to stop this person from having a gun. You're using yeah, force against that person. But you're not going to just make them not have a gun forever. No, that's when true. When they sober up, when they get they sleep, have they'll have it back. No but it still requires it. aggression to take the gun from them. Yeah, Whether you think it's justified the, the or not. The question isn't if, if it's justified, it's if it's defense or not. And it's it, not it, not it could totally be defense. That's, pre- that's a preemptive strike, Bonnie. The difference between using force in defensive purposes and the diff- and using it for other purposes where you try to start something... It's the aggressor who starts a thing. But it's not okay. harming the person to be pushed out of the way of the bu- bu- bus unless you're... You might, you might scrape them when they fall to the ground. They might break their arm. Yeah, it you, it you might. might break you're the rib. one presuming that. You don't know what's going to happen when you use that level of force against somebody. You're just trying to save that person from getting hit by the bus. But the way you're defining force is basically just anytime you put action into the world. That's what force is, yes. So is it... Aggression every time I move that chair? No. No, the chair doesn't have. A, Is it aggression anytime uh, I shake someone's hand when they're, you know, they didn't verbally give me the? Uh, yeah, that would be if you didn't, if they didn't put their hand. Then out you're you, using you the word it? aggression wrong. If you if somebody doesn't put their hand out and you went and you grabbed their hand, that's an aggressive. No, act. I didn't say that you went out and grabbed their hand. I said I didn't verbally get permission. Well, there are ways to consent to something that aren't verbal. Okay, right? what like if somebody's facing away from you and you just tap their shoulder and say, hey, oh, hey, it's me. That, that's aggression? You touched their shoulder without asking them and they didn't look and you did it, took it upon yourself to touch them, Ian. Technically, that's an assault, yeah. No, it's not. If it's unwanted, then it I is I think the assault. intentions are absolutely important in whether or not it's a gr- assault. You would seriously think it was fine for the police to shoot somebody for no, tapping somebody was, else on the I shoulder? No, I don't think that would be fine at all. There has to be a an appropriate response. So generally when you have um, somebody using an aggressive act against somebody, the only response that is acceptable is that is concomitant with the force that was used. So if somebody taps you on the shoulder, they don't have the right to turn around and jack you in the face. Okay? That's just not uh, an acceptable use of force in in response. Not an acceptable defensive force. It doesn't case. make that thing aggression. I I, I don't you have not convinced it's me not that the that's level aggression. It's not aggression as uh, slugging somebody. No, but you haven't convinced me that it's aggression but at all to tap that someone on the personal space. 
shoulder. I, I don't think that violating someone's personal space it's is necessarily aggression. If somebody comes and stands as... next to me in a public place and I think that they smell uh, bad. No, even if they don't smell bad. If somebody comes up and stands next to me in a public place and I don't like that person, and I don't want them standing next to me. It's not aggression until I say like, hey, dude, get out of the way. And then they're like, no, I'm standing right next to you. Yeah, that'd be aggression. But if them, they just walked up right next to me and didn't know I didn't like them, it's not aggression. Well, standing next to you wouldn't be, but if they... That's touch, invading my personal they, space. That's what Ian said makes the other thing aggression. Well, you literally touch them. Okay, in, in standing example, to where we're right? shoulder to shoulder. Is that aggression? If, if there's a Not if you're big in like a people, concert or something like that. No, I think in that case, there's an You're accept- violating that person's... There's a social acceptance of being What if we're just in the park and there's someone? a bunch of people together and someone comes up and stands next to you? So when you don't like or want next to you, they don't know that. You mm, haven't verbally to you told them isn't, that. Isn't, um, and, an no, and touching act. shoulder to shoulder is what I just said. That's touching you. Well, was it an accident or was it done on purpose? It, they didn't know that you were not going to like it when you tapped them on the shoulder when you're facing the other way. So it could be an accident that the, you didn't like it. But you should always have someone's consent before you touch them, right? What's that, Major? It, it sounds like a little kid's game. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I remember when my kids used to tease each other doing that kind mm-hmm. of stupid I'm making it as simple as possible so we can define things. Right. That's all. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.